Hello everybody, welcome back to the Dragon's Library. So, today is one of those special days in that it is about something that is neither a book, movie, video game, or, or TV show. And it's also one of those days where I had to scramble together, it's only last minute because my usual plans didn't work out. Unfortunate. <laughs> uh... So, today we're talking about something I actually do really like though. It's called The White Vault. It is a audio drama podcast, um, and it is available on, you know, most places. I got it on Spotify. I think it's also available on Apple uh, Music and, you know, all the usual places. Most podcasts are pretty widely available. And this is probably one of the best audio dramas, like, horror series as a podcast I've ever encountered. I love this to hell and back, I cannot recommend it enough to anyone who enjoys things like the Magnus Archives or just like scary stories in general. It really has that good qualities that make a good horror series, and it evolves further as the mystery unfolds later on in the, in the um, you know, later seasons. But the initial setup is just fantastic. Like this could have been like a two season thing all on its own and just been fine. Uh, they chose to let it go more, and that's really, really what made it better. So, yeah. All in all, this is a great series. Uh, the basic setup of the White Vault is that it always takes place... The series inevitably takes place in a... Um, <laughs> basically, a heavily, uh, an area with a lot of dangerous weathering conditions that prevent the people from leaving. One of the intro lines, the special, specifically to the first two seasons, although they do do a variation of this line in basically every every episode, is in winter months, gale storms in Svalbard can reach wind speeds of 130 kilometers per hour. Accompanied by or following snowfall, such storms can reduce visibility drastically, more so in the frigid months of the polar night. During these storms, travel is not advised. And they do a secondary one for the um, two seasons in Patagonia, which is also pretty good. I just love the way that line, the voice acting in this show is top tier. Uh, I just, like, I actually know some of the actors in this. That's how good it is. Uh, specifically, Peter Joseph Lewis as Graham, Graham Kasner. He's one of the recurring characters. Fantastic. His, I love him in this. He's awesome. Um, but everyone's doing really good job here too. Uh, they got, they see, cl clearly got people who actually speak different languages, but can still speak English. So they all have a unique accent that's not really fake. Plus they can fluently speak other languages. So a lot of times the, um, the, you'll have, you know, people talking and what happens is they'll, you'll just hear the voice of that person start up in their native language and then. Uh, voiceover of them speaking in English will come a few seconds after while the uh, foreign, while the, you know, their native tongue plays in the background, which is a really interesting touch and gives it a stylistic, nice stylistic thing. And it puts you just off center a little bit, you know, it's like, what are they saying? Especially, especially when they start, you start, you know, they start reading or speaking in those languages when there's danger around, like when the monster starts coming at them and they're doing this stuff. You're like, oh my god, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? I don't know yet. And there's just this delay that actually is very useful in the horror sequences. It's a bit off-putting in the more calm moments. Like, it took me a while to get used to it. But once I got used to it, I actually really like it. 
Uh, it makes the world just feel a little bit more real, if that makes sense. Because the this is a found footage series, essentially. Um, basically, the first two seasons chronicle a recovery team sent to Svalbard. Svalbard is one of the uh, foremost, you know, northern places on Earth. Very close to the Arctic Circle. And they're basically just only a few research stations and a very, very small settlement to supply those research stations, you know. Aside from that, nobody lives there and it's out in the middle of the freezing cold. If you get stranded out there in a storm, you are stuck in that bunker. You are not leaving. Uh, what else? There's been some equipment damage and a team gets sent up by Cedia Group to go repair it. When they get there, they find the damage is just a little off. There seem to be this. It seems to be not as bad as it should be, and there's no reason why everything shouldn't be working still. And then they fi- start finding, you know, things start acting up. A storm kicks up out of nowhere and keeps going and going. And then they find something, a hidden cave beneath one of the storage sheds. And then, well. They go exploring it, stuff happens, there's a monster, and there's a lot more going on at fir- than you first understand. Um, and it's, you really feel for the characters, because, alright, look, I'm gonna say something, and it's like, this isn't a spoiler, they get picked off. I mean, it's a horror, it's a horror, uh, found footage show. It's not like, it's a found footage horror series, you know? The whole, they're probably not alive, it should just go, like, if you're re- listening to, watching, reading any kind of found footage or found documentation horror series, just assume every character in that series is probably going to be a gruesome end. You'll be right 90% of the time. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. And these documents have been recovered by this unknown, um, you know, narrator who introduces us to everything. And says that most people think what happened up there was, you know, this horrible uh, prank, insensitive, or some kind of cover-up of what, you know, the murder of the people. Uh, the leader of CD Group is very upset because her husband was one of those who went missing. And um, she's been researching this because similar symbols came up in some other research she was doing that got linked to the strange events up in Svalbard. So all in all... Very interesting setup, you know, a bunch of characters locked in a bunker and a group of caves attached to a secondary bunker with some, you know, a cave system beneath it, Uh, a monster, lots of creepy moments, tense atmospheric core, great sound design. So the thing that, that is the thing this series really has above most others. I'd say the Magnus Archives is a lot more creative. It has a lot more, um... There's a lot more to draw on as a series because it's dealing in all these different aspects of horror. It can have like murderous clown dolls one day and then a giant werewolf creature the next. The This is a very specifically, this is a very specific monster they created for this show. Um, and you're going to be dealing with this one kind of monster hunting you off in claustrophobic areas, constantly trying to deceive you with auditory and visual manipulation to make you like hallucinate. This is the kind of horror it's going for. And it's really good at it. I have to say that. It does a great job of what it has. We're getting the fifth season right now, which is absolutely fantastic. Um, it's about to finish up, so I decided to go ahead and review the first two. Uh, first two seasons, amazing. I do have some problems with the second and third season, the third and fourth season, actually. It's not, 
Like, I like them, but I'll get to them in the review. Next time, once Season 5 finishes, I'm going to do a review of Season 3, 4, and 5, as well as the spinoffs all in one big review, because I'm kind of on a time hit right now. Uh, it's For those of you who don't know, it's like 11 o'clock right now, and I have work the next morning. So I'm trying to get this out really quickly. Uh, this is not going to be on YouTube for at least a little while. Probably not until like late Friday uh, evening. Most likely not till like Saturday morning. Uh, I do apologize for those of you who watch this on YouTube and are like, Hey Davis, why have you been so late on those? Uh, the videos take a bit longer to make and I have recently uh, been making these a little behind schedule. Because for those of you, just this is just a brief out of character moment behind the scenes a little bit. I kind of just do this for fun, and these are usually made the night before they're released. I usually record them, do a bit of minor editing to what I think I can do, but recently I've actually gotten a new job, it's all more hours, I'm actually not doing much at the job, but, you know, I have to be at the office, and it means I get back later, I have other stuff going on, I go to Magic, I have some drawing, uh, you know, drawings I'm trying to do, I'm trying to get the stream up. Before Horizon comes out, the new Horizon game comes out. I'm trying to rush through Pokemon Legends Arceus, which I was supposed to review tonight, but I couldn't finish it in time. And I was trying to rush through it the last, you know, few parts of it tonight, but I just couldn't. So that's going to be Tuesday. And I can't just do them an uh, episode before because I like to review big releases the day they come out. And that kind of screws with it. Though I might figure out a system for it. I'll see. I'll have to see. Regardless, I'm going to try and get an extra episode in reserve that I can kind of switch around in the future so stuff like this doesn't happen and I can have the videos out better. But for now, things are a little chaotic. I'm sorry for the delays. Uh, okay, now that I have my excuses out, I'm going to go ahead and just rate this real quick for you guys. Uh, sorry about that thing. I just felt it was necessary to say. But uh, anyway, yeah, this is a definite 9 out of 10 for me. If you like horror audio dramas, this should definitely be at the top of your list. Up there with the Magnus Archives. And actually, The Tower is a pretty good one recently. Uh, it's this sci-fi horror series I've been listening to recently. I will probably be giving you guys a review on that as well. Who knows? Good news. Um, but yeah. Pokemon's Legend Arceus will definitely be done for next Tuesday, though. I will be, I will have a review for that this coming Tuesday. I'm going to have Horizon Zero Dawn when that comes out soon. I'm going to try and set up everything so I can stream it on a few days each week. But I cannot make any promises because things are a little chaotic right now. All in all, I highly recommend it. 9 out of 10. Now, on to spoiler section because I do want to talk about this in more detail. So, if you don't want any spoilers, and I actually highly recommend going into this blind. Uh, it really, really adds to the experience. Alright, 3, 2, 1, everybody who doesn't want spoilers, you better be gone. Okay, so the team goes up to Svalvard. The team consists of Dr. Rosa Della Torre, Walter Heath, Graham Kasner, Jonas Vorison, Vorison, sorry, I've heard his name and I still can't pronounce it. <laughs> I apologize, I apologize. Uh, Dr. Karina Schumacher-Weiss. And uh, the narrator, who in the official documentation is just the documentarian. I don't, did we ever get her name? I'm not sure we ever got her name, actually. Interesting. Uh, does it add to the feeling of detached anonymousness she gives them? Very, very much like it. So, uh, you have Schumacher Weiss. She's just a geologist. She's there to check out anything weird in the readings. Uh, that's Karina. 
You have Rosadel Torrey. She's the medical doctor. You have Walter Heath. He is the, uh, you know, computer expert, tech guy. Graham Kasner is a survival expert. He leads teams out into hazardous conditions. He apparently worked in the mountain ranges and other areas during other months. And he worked, has specializes in these wintry areas. And then you have Jonas, who was the, um, <laughs> representative of Cedia Group. And things end especially badly for him, actually. It's really cruel, especially once you figure out what's going on. All right, I'm not going to talk about uh, season three, four, or five yet, but actually, given what we have recently learned in season five, his fate in particular is really sad. Uh, all in all, but yeah, okay. So you know, the team goes up there to the research station. Everything's fine for the first few days. Uh, they check out the problem. Doesn't really look like it's a big deal, but a storm kicks up, and they're all in there for a while. Um. It looks like the computers are operating fine, but it sent out a help signal regardless, like a damaged signal, a fake one. And it seems to have been embedded in the code, and Walter gets really uh, wrapped up in it. Meanwhile, Karina is just kind of like, well, this I was paid to come up here, and everything's fine, so they don't need me to check out any of the data. So I guess I get to just sit around and eat coffee. Graham's making sure everybody's surviving. Rose is just relaxing. Jonas is, you know, documenting everything. Um... And the blizzard just keeps going and going. There are strange sounds and chanting, maybe even screams coming in over the radio. All calls for assistance are just not going through. They find a strange ancient village beneath the the glacier. Um, And Karina ends up falling from a ledge and getting hurt. When she wakes up, she's terrified. She says she saw something tall, black, and skinny, and it was it was trolling after her, and she jumped rather than letting it come to her. She was so terrified. She starts hallucinating and chanting to herself, like she's not all there anymore. The outpost uh, generator fails, and scratch marks start being embedded in the um, bunker, and it's clearly not a polar bear. They find an anot- they found an anatomical theater in the village, and going to investigate further, they find a box containing a human heart and a full set of teeth, and the heart's still beating, even though it looks like a shriveled prune. Yeah, statue the statues start appearing and dis- the statues in the village start appearing and disappearing without any movement. Karina starts seeing duplicates of team of other people in the village, starts hallucinating. And eventually she's, you know, just a paranoid wreck. Eventually, the thing comes for her. In the middle of the night, the monster rips open the hatch and drags Karina out into the snow. They they head after her, but it's clear that the amount of blood, she's gone. She's dead. And it's really sad, too, because Karina is just like this constantly upbeat, very innocent, like... She literally starts out by saying, yeah, I found, I, he's like sending out like a letter to her father saying he, she found a, um, a ring that her boyfriend was hiding from her and she thinks he's about to propose to her. So, you know, she just has like, you know, horribly defiled, innocent, just hanging over her head with a giant clock pointing, counting down to her death. Uh, that's how I mentioned her. She's just like pointless, innocent death in you know, however long it takes. Uh, it's what, like the fourth episode she dies? Uh, that's like what? 40 minutes, four episodes. 
three hours. Poor Karina. Poor Karina. Anyway, when they get back, they find that the entire that while they were out exploring the the caves looking for Karina, the thing killed, destroyed all their food and the snowmobiles. They tried to head back through the storm, just like okay, screw it. I'm not. We're not staying in a bunker with this monster. It can clearly rip us out. So they try and head back, but no matter how far they walk, eventually they always find themselves right back at the bunker. They can't leave. They're trapped. Their food's gone. Heath gets abducted and murdered. His heart found in the theater. Eventually, they get whittled down. Kasner gets dragged into water by another creature. And after a few, after a few, us uh, in a, Upon discovering a room with strange glowing sig- sigils, Rosa is also taken. Jonas, having sk- succumbing to an infection he got from one of the statues that he scratched himself on, starts crawling out, trying, hoping for anything. The creature just lets him go. As he goes, his skin peels away, flesh twisting, his body warping. By the time he gets back to the bunker, he's just all he can do to bundle himself back in. And it's just, it's heart-wrenching. Like that final moment of Jonas realizing that the, the path they took to go to that room, that dead end, that he was like, I can't go through the other door. We got to go this way because he, his arm was still hurting. And he realizes that if they had just taken the left way, they could have gotten out of these caves. They could have gotten out and maybe Rosa would have lived. And he kind of, like, breaks down upon that. Like, realizing, I'm not going to go back to my I'm not getting back to my kids. I'm not going to see any of them again. They're all dead, and it's all my fault. It really breaks him up, and, is in, and eventually he just turns into a monster. There's a little epilogue afterwards talk, where the narrator talks about how the um, things were found in an empty, damaged bunker with rotting food everywhere. And what looked like an animal carcass, half rot, half necrotic. The season ends with a bit of a cliffhanger, saying she's heard rumors of some other researchers finding something like this in Patagonia, and that then getting suddenly getting a call saying one of the um, team members has been found alive. Or was that the third season? But yeah, The White Vault is a great series. Um, all the characters are remarkably likable, even the ones that turn out to have more sinister agendas. And the story, as it's being revealed to us in Season 5, is a lot more complicated and kind of almost sad uh, and less, you know, mindlessly, evilly cruel like a lot of horror movie villains are. Uh, it's It's very interesting. I like it. I mean, yeah, CDA Group very much did uh, send out this team to die. Like it's made very clear. They knew what they were doing to them, but I mean, I'll see you going to do. Anyway, this has been my review of the white vault season one and two. I hope you guys liked it next Tuesday. I will have uh, the Pokemon legends Arceus review ready and up. I'm going to actually have some gameplay footage in the YouTube video. So if you want to check that out when it goes up on YouTube, I'm going to try and have it up the same day. I'm going to try and record that all in advance. But if not, it might be up a day later. That's just how my YouTube videos are sometimes. I'm very inconsistent. I apologize. But, um, yeah. 
So, see you guys next time. Can't wait to see you. We got a lot of video games in the future. We got some good movies. Uh, we got some great shows. I'm going to review Vox Machina too. See you guys next time. Bye-bye. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode, and thank you for listening to The Dragon's Library. Please, subscribe to this podcast to be notified of new episodes. The Dragon's Library releases new episodes Tuesday and Friday each week, and you can follow us on Twitter at dragon underscore library 2. If you want to suggest an episode topic, my email is in the description below. And as always, thank you so much for all your support. 